morning. Wow, here we go. Great to have you all here. What a blessing. What a great morning so far. Ah, what a blessing. Well done, Sharon. Well done. Well done. Super effort. Well done. Well done. And also Cheesy, Sharon Cheesy, where are you? Well done, well done, good stuff, well done. Really good. Yeah, make sure you get there for the conference. It'll be awesome. It'll bless you so much. Well, today I have the privilege to uh, share the message part of our service today. And the title is, thank you very much. You like that? The back, I'm back. My title is Forgiveness and Gratitude. And um, so I just want to welcome you and just say thank you and let's get into it. Well, today I want us to talk about how you have received so much forgiveness and also I want to share how we are to be so grateful to God because of his great mercy. I want to unpack the whole idea that your forgiveness is connected to your ability to love and to give because how we forgive will determine how we love. Our experience of God's forgiveness should always spill over and into gratitude towards God. Your gratitude will impact all of your relationships. It affects every area of your life. Gratitude and forgiveness will impact your view of yourself and your perspective of other people. And so if you're here today, welcome. Great to have you here. How about we pray? Father God, we just thank you. What are we thanking you for? This unconditional, foreverlasting forgiveness, grace, mercy, kindness, and love. No matter what we've done, you always forgive us when we seek you. And God, I pray and ask today that this day, By your spirit, Jesus, speak through my life into all of our lives for your glory in Jesus' name. And they all said, amen. Amen. Wow, what a good start for me. Um, I want you to know the good news. There's good news. There's good news with God. And that good news is this, that Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross, substitutionally for you, has redeemed your life from eternal separation from God and given you incredible belief in God so that you might have eternal life now. Why? Because God loves you. God's love for you and for me is beyond what we could ever imagine and ever measure. God's grace is unlimited towards you and to me. It's essential for us as believers, as Christians, to know that and to believe that. Why? Because we all need forgiveness for our failings. Our stumblings, some people call it, is commonly known as our sins. See, forgiveness and belief in Jesus as a saviour doesn't negate our need for forgiveness each and every every day. Now, you don't have to put your hand up, but who here has not stumbled or sinned in deed or in thought or somehow in the past week? (laughs) One. Woo. Well, now let's forgive him for lying. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, So all of us are in the same boat. So I'm on the right page. That's really good. So we all need to be incredibly generous towards God, don't we? Because he's so incredibly generous towards each of us in regards to our forgiveness. 
and our need for forgiveness. It's continual each and every day. In the story of the unforgiving debtor in the book of Matthew, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus, or him, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? He thought seven times. was like, he was smoking. This is awesome. You know, I should only have to forgive him once. But he said, no, not seven times. Jesus replied, 70 times seven. And then on the same topic, one of my, it actually is my uh, salvation passage. In 1 John 1, it says, if we, as Christians, claim that we are free of sin, we're only fooling ourselves. So only one person fooled themselves this morning. Uh, a, claim, a claim like that is errant nonsense, the Bible says. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, we make a clean breast of them. He won't let us down. What an encouragement. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us from all wrongdoing. There is this incredible power that God gives to your life when you are humble and diligent to ask God for forgiveness. Because he knows you need it. Because what the reason we need it is we don't want to be separating ourselves from the will of God, the way of Jesus. Because if we separate ourselves through sin in some way, what will happen is we'll lose our strength of love and our sense of grace and our ability to forgive others and ability to forgive ourselves. Our acceptance of other people will be just tainted. Forgiveness is such a powerful, powerful thing. So let's have a look at Luke in chapter 7. This is the sort of passage I'm going to work through today and I, I just pray that you will grasp what God is wanting to say to you. Luke 7, 36 and 39 says this, one of the Pharisees asked him, that is Jesus, over for a meal. He went to the Pharisee's house and sat down at the dinner table. Just then a woman of the village, the town harlot, having learned that Jesus was a guest in the home of the Pharisee, came with a bottle of very expensive perfume. And, that word and there is critical. And stood at his feet, weeping, raining tears on his feet. I just love this. It's, oh, it's gruesome. It ruins me every time. Letting down her, which is just totally and absolutely wrong to do. Letting down her hair, she dried his feet, kissing them, kissing her feet, his feet, and anointed his feet there with perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, it took him a long time to see it, I was going to say buffet, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, I thought he was, he would have known what kind of woman this is who is falling all over him. Well, I can guarantee you, Jesus knew exactly who this woman was, but this guy, he had no idea. His perspective, his grace, his forgiveness, his acceptance of other people was just shattered. Shattered. Wow. Just imagine, oh, I've got to keep going. Sorry, I'm running out of time. Um, Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Simon would have thought, oh, gee, oh, okay, right, yeah. Oh, tell me. Two men were in debt to a banker. One owed 500 silver pieces, the other 50. This is it. This is us. Neither of them could pay up. And so the banker cancelled both debts. Wow, that's what God has done for you. 
Then he asked the question, which of the two would be more grateful? Simon answered, I suppose the one who has forgiven, who was forgiven the most. That's right, said Jesus. When he thinks, when he says, I suppose, it, the comment, some commentaries sort of describe this as he's being pretty slapstick humor or, or just being crass. Just being crass. We really didn't, don't know why Simon invited Jesus to dine with him and to recline with him. And I, I think it's, you know, he wanted Simon to be around, you know, Simon wanted Jesus to be around so people would go, oh, wow, that Pharisee Simon, he knows Jesus and Jesus is at his place. Perhaps he wanted to get to know Jesus better or perhaps he wanted some evidence so that he could accuse Jesus of something. It certainly would have embarrassed Simon when the prostitute came into the house to anoint Jesus. I love that line. We should never, ever embarrass anybody. Never. It's hard to do. But this could have been, for Simon, a life-changing experience. But he was blind. He couldn't see the truths that were involved in this whole passage of Scripture that Jesus was talking into his life about. According to the harmony of the Gospels, just before this event, Jesus had spoken his great invitation for everybody to have a rest, to take it easy. And as commentators say, it's highly likely that this lady of the town was at that moment where this all happened, this invitation, this lady. She responded, they say, to Jesus Christ in that time when Jesus was speaking earlier. She was transformed absolutely transformed. She came publicly to Jesus. And how do I get rid of that thing? Yeah, got it. I am an IT savvy master. <laughs> a little message from a brother comes up and I can't get rid of it. Anyway, he's got hearing aids like me. He's been messaging me all morning. Get lost, Hayden, get lost. Anyway, so she was totally transformed and came publicly to Jesus to show her gratitude and to show her worship. Simon... Well, he said to himself, she's a sinner. But he really needed to say, I am a sinner. But he couldn't because he was totally consumed with judging others while believing he was holy. In the parable, Jesus made it clear that all of us are in debt to God and are unable to pay because we are spiritually bankrupt. See, the two debts, the 500 and the 50, represent not the amount of sin, but the awareness of one's guilt. The woman knew she was guilty of sinning against God, but Simon had no conviction of sin whatsoever. Yet he desperately needed forgiveness. And he could have been forgiven if he had just humbled himself and trusted Jesus. For Jesus tenderly pointed out to Simon, the sins of omission, for he had not treated Jesus with kindness and hospitality. Yet the woman was guilty of sins of the flesh, but Simon, Simon was guilty of sins of the spirit with a critical attitude and a hard heart. They both had a debt they couldn't pay, but only one came with an offering. Only one came with an offering of gratitude. She gave an offering of what she had, knowing how much she had received. Do you know, do we know, do the person sitting in your seat, that person sitting in your seat, do you know how much you have received when you accept Jesus Christ as the leader of your life? 
this forgiveness. Do you know how much that cost, that offering on that cross? Do you know how much that cost? Wow. There was a huge debt because one denarius was worth one day's wage. When asked which one would love the lender more, Simon rightly responded that the one who was forgiven the larger debt. They would naturally be more inclined to greater love. And it is true for each and every one of us. We need to be so incredibly generous and show gratitude towards God. For God is constantly working through Jesus' work on the cross to bring to you his forgiveness of whatever you've done. We must be grateful. We have to be. We, we must be generous towards God. We have to be. We have to be because he has been so overflowingly generous towards us. Always, every moment of every day. In Luke 7, 47, the passage which I got, which built this message around this whole idea. It says this, For if the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. If your idea of how much you've been forgiven is minimal, your gratitude and return back to God and to other people will be minimal. I've added to that verse, which... One part of the Bible says don't do that. Um, If the forgiveness is massive, the gratitude is massive. If your forgiveness, if you understand how much God is forgiving you each and every day, we should in return be giving so much grateful offering, a grateful offering to God. Because it's massive. Our forgiveness is not to be minimal, it's to be massive. Luke says for our true being is to brim over into true words and true deeds. And he says, live generously. Live generously. In this whole passage, it's just quite incredible when you read through it how much is in one short section of Scripture. But Jesus then, after this part of the section, he then starts talking to the woman, to the lady. He starts applying the whole parable to her. And in Luke 7, 44 to 50, it says this. Then turning to the woman... But speaking to Simon, don't you love that? He's, t- he's turning to the woman, but he's actually pointing to him, you know. I love that part. Because he'd be really kind of there thinking, oh, gee, I'm okay. All these people are here to see me, you know, because I'm with Jesus, you know. He's trying to do a bit of that. He said, do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? You ask that question, do you? He, the lady had let down her hair. She cried all over his feet. She kissed his feet, wiped his feet. Now, those feet had been going on dusty, poo-ridden roads, and she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair because she knew how much she had received in regards to his forgiveness of her life. Not only that, she took all of what she had received through her business, and she'd taken that and spilled it all over his feet, and the room was filled with a perfume that everybody could not deny the fact that he she had been forgiven because they were all looking at her and looking at Jesus and Jesus didn't say oh don't do that to me no he said you should be going ahead and putting your offering all over myself so he he's received it he wants you to give him an offering an offering that is way abundantly above whatever you could imagine An offering of gratitude, an offering of faith, an offering of hope, because you know and understand how much you needed that forgiveness and how much you receive. Wow, it's good. 
It's good for the soul, I tell you. I haven't done that for a while, and it feels great. <laughs> oh, that one's only one verse. Sorry, Josh. He said, I came to your home. You provided, he's talking to Simon. I came to your home. I provided no water for my feet. You, you provided no water. What are you providing? This is to Jesus. Oh, this is so good. You provided nothing for my feet, but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave no greeting, nothing in the form of a greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. I love this. Impressive, isn't it? Could you imagine Simon? It is impressive, isn't it? Isn't it impressive when we provide something for Jesus? It's impressive, isn't it? I wonder how long it has been for me and Bron and for you since you gave an impressive offering of gratitude. I wonder how long that's been. I wonder if the last time you gave a substantial offering, because this perfume, I looked it up, there's one perfume, I think it was $1.8 million for an ounce in today's money. She poured all that over him, knowing that beyond that, I'm trusting in him. I'm trusting in him. She was forgiven, it says. She was forgiven many, many sins. And so she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. If the forgiveness is massive, the gratitude is massive. Verse 48, then he spoke to her, I forgive your sins. Terry, Jesus is saying to you, I forgive your sins. D, he's saying to you, I forgive your sins. D, I forgive your sins. I mean, Jesus is saying that to you. Paul, Jesus is saying to you each and every moment of every day, I forgive your sins. That set the dinner guest talking behind his back. Who does he think he is forgiving sins? Mm. Verse 50, his first three words, I love them. He ignored them. Any naysayers? Any, oh, you can't do that. Any grumblers? Any complainers? Any, anybody negative? No, he just ignored them. He didn't. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This go in peace mean, this go in peace, is, the background of that is she was in is absolute absent in regards to peace. She was actually in terror all the time. Her life was threatened regularly. She was constantly in fear. And Jesus turns to her, and not only does he say, blesses and heals her, but he says, your faith has saved. Your faith in Jesus will save you. Your faith in what you do in in God's kingdom will save you. And now he's saying, go in peace without any anxiety, without any stress, without any brokenness. Know this, you can have peace with Jesus no matter what happens in your life because he is the one 
who gives you the forgiveness and you are the one to give him gratitude so that you can walk in a lifestyle of peace no matter what season you are in or your family's in or your finances are in. You can give an offering out of whatever you've got and God will receive it and you'll receive peace. The woman had been forgiven much and therefore she loved Jesus very much, the commentators say. We, by her actions, by her humility, by her extreme generosity of giving all that she did to Jesus, she expressed her gratitude for his forgiveness. Now, do you notice this? None of this, what she did and how she gave by her actions, humility, her extreme generosity and expressed gratitude, she didn't do any of that by thinking about it. Oh, no, I'm just going to think about it. She didn't even suggest the idea, I need to go away and pray about it. No, 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 no. Jesus was here. She was saying, you can see her faith by her actions. See, Jesus was not implying that the Pharisee did not have much need for forgiveness. His point was that a sinner who is forgiven, like all of us, is naturally going to love and to thank the one who has forgiven them. That's us. Simon's treatment of Jesus differed vastly from the woman's. She was evidencing that she loved Jesus for he had real, she had realized that she had been forgiven so much. She realized that she was a sinner and in need of forgiveness. In contrast, Simon saw himself as a pure, righteous person and therefore did not need to treat Jesus in any special manner. In fact, he did not even extend to Jesus the normal courtesies of the day. For example, greeting a male by a kiss on a cheek. It says in nearly all the commentaries that he's laying back, he's reclined. So he was just doing his thing, just laying there. But he didn't give this kiss to Jesus on a cheek. And he was supposed to have anointed Jesus' head, a guest, with a small portion of oil. Simon did not seem to think that Jesus could do anything for him because Simon did not believe that Jesus was a prophet. But the woman, but the woman was not forgiven because of her love. Rather, she loved because she was, had been forgiven. Her faith brought her to salvation. Her faith in turn caused her to respond in love. The other dinner guests wondered who Jesus is going to forgive next. Though Jesus is in in this interchange with Simon, never explicitly stated that he was the Messiah. But what he did do made him to be perceived, to be the Messiah as he is. Just closing off, starting to close off. The next passage of scripture, Luke chapter 8 verses 1 to 3. I've heard this spoken of a fair bit, this passage. It's only three verses. And, you know, I looked up, I don't know how many commentaries during the last couple of weeks. And I looked it up and thought, wow, some commentaries don't even mention this passage of Luke 8, 1 to 3. For me, it's one of the highlights. It's just a highlight for me. It's just amazing that there's this group of ladies that could actually fund Jesus' ministry. And you know what? You're included included in this passage of Scripture. I'm included in this passage of Scripture. I read it this week and I thought, oh, wow, that, that's, uh, I'm a part of this. This, this, this is me. I've, I've got to get involved in this because I'm actually involved in it. Because this is what it says in Luke 8 and 1 to 3. 
Jesus that is, he continued according to plan, traveling to town after town, village after village, preaching God's kingdom, spreading the message. The 12 were with him. Now, so he's got himself, 12 others, doing the gospel, making known the goodness and the grace and the forgiveness of God to anybody and everybody that they came across. There were also some women in their company who had been healed of various evil afflictions and illnesses. Mary, the one called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out of. Joanna, the wife of, I think you pronounce this, Chusa, Herod's manager, and Susanna, along with many others. There you are, that's you. Along with many others who used their considerable means to provide for the company. There was these ladies and many others that followed Jesus and financed his ministry. How good is that? Not only did they follow and go, oh, this is just so nice to be with Jesus. No. Oh, I really like these 12. These are great guys. I'm going to hang out with them for a while. No. They moved into action. These ones that recognized, each of them had gone through great pain and great suffering. Just think of Mary Magdalene. Seven demons came out of her through Jesus' ministry. These others had other experiences with Jesus' ministry, either through Jesus himself or through his disciples. And now, Josh mentioned it earlier, the disciples, we are. Those who believe in Jesus Christ are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are followers of Jesus. We're disciples. And here, these, they, were, they couldn't help themselves to be generous towards Jesus' ministry because they knew how, much, knew how much forgiveness they'd received. They had to give gratitude. They just couldn't help themselves. They were overflowing with gratitude. And my hope for you in this Series and it's, just, it's next Sunday, the thirtieth, isn't it? Next Sunday, in the next Sunday, we we take up this amazing offering. We want to take our mortgage from ten years to three years. Three, two, one, go. We want to get rid of that. We want to get rid of that because that will not only release us into a greater ministry now; it'll release us into a greater ministry forever. We've got the opportunity because in. Along with these ladies, there was many others, as I said. Along with these ladies, they knew the forgiveness was, if it's minimal, their gratitude will be minimal. So how are you going to respond over this week in the lead up to next Sunday? I've talked to many people over the 20 years of doing a message like this. And... I'm not too sure how many of us really grasp the power of giving gratitude to God for how much we've been forgiven. See, there's a passage of Scripture in Ephesians 3. And this again includes you and I. This 3, 2, 1, go is an initiative that could change the dynamic of your life and this ministry of Jesus. Why would it, how would it, why would it change your life? Because as Andrew said on the stage earlier, you cannot outgive God. Because of how much forgiveness he's given to each and every one of us. In this passage of Scripture, and when you, I'd like you to reflect on it this week. There's a few things I want you to do this week is pray leading up to next Sunday. And pray believing that you will hear from God. 
And like Josh said a couple of weeks ago up here, he said, if you and your wife or you and your partner or if you and your friend, whoever are doing this together as a family, whoever says, oh, the lowest number, just go with that and trust God. And we'll trust God with you with that. But don't go with the number that you think, oh, yeah, maybe we could win that. It's just your gratitude's got to be massive because your forgiveness is. In Ephesians 3, it says we're involved. It says this in Ephesians 3 and 20 to 21. God can do anything. Who believes that God can do anything? Come on, come on. God can do anything. Right? Amen? That's good. That's really God can do anything. But he doesn't do it on his own. Because the next verse, he says, do you know? In other words, do you know? Far more, God can do far more than you could ever imagine or even guess or request in your wildest dreams. How? This is it. He does it. Oh, great. I'm reading this this week. I think, oh, great. He does it. Not by pushing you around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. See, it's not just in deeply and gently within you. It's within all of us. All of us. Wow. See, God has chosen through 3, 2, 1, go. God has chosen each and every one of us to be a part of this. Each and every one of us can have an opportunity to experience the authority of God's grace and forgiveness in our life. It's amazing. It's amazing. Ronnie and I, we have given and given and given and given and we've never missed out. Never missed out. Never. It is unbelievable. Why? Because God always does everything, it's every amazing stuff, incredible, in us and through us. That's how He's chosen. He's chosen us. It's through, he doesn't just pour it over the balcony. He pours it into you and then you give it out from there. It's through you, it's through me, it's through us that we are to be so grateful for the forgiveness that God has given us. We are to receive that forgiveness. Not only are we to receive it, we are to show great gratitude towards God. Is that okay? How about we stand and let's pray. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. There might be some here today well, you've never actually said yes to Jesus. Maybe you haven't ever actually sort of confessed your faith and said, Jesus Christ, be the Lord and the leader of my life. Maybe that's you today. Maybe for you today, you've sort of been a Christian in the past or you like you went to a camp like we talked about earlier and gave your life to Jesus, but things have drifted away and your gratitude has drifted away and your good deeds have drifted away and your sense of faith has drifted away. Today is an opportunity to renew that faith in the goodness of God and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. And I'd like to invite people in a moment just to raise their hand as a recognition of their desire to have God actually reinstill within each and every heart a faith in Jesus and a gratitude for the forgiveness that we have all received. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this moment. This is a holy moment, God. This is a moment where your spirit is just so able to continue 
working in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. And for those of us that are here today, knowing we need to show more gratitude towards you in regards to the forgiveness that we receive from you. For those of us who know we've never said yes to Jesus and chosen to follow him, we've followed many other paths, but never the one of Jesus. Or the one of Jesus we used to walk on, now we walk in our own path, our self-centered, our own one. But it's not the path of Jesus. For those of us that are here today, that probably your heart's probably pounding a bit faster. You may be feeling a little bit sort of, oh, what's going on? I believe that's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus working in and upon your life to reveal Himself to you, to give you that faith. So in a moment, I'm just going to count to three and ask you on the, on the number of three, if you would want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to say, yeah, I want to give my life to Jesus and follow Him as a disciple, as a believer, and ask him to forgive me. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'll ask you in a moment to raise your hand and we'll all pray with you. Heads bowed, that'd be great. Thank you, God, for this moment. God, you know and understand every person's situation, every person's heart and mind. And today we pray for those that are not yet following you. We pray for those, God, who are desiring to to follow you and know you more and better. God, we pray. One, we're going to say that in a moment. One, if you don't believe in Jesus, this is your moment. Two, if you have drifted away from Jesus and you know you need to refresh your gratitude with him and your faith in him and receive his mercy and forgiveness. And three, on the number of three, if you want to put your faith in Jesus today and say yes to Jesus and become a follower of Jesus, raise your hand high right now and we'd love to celebrate and pray with you. If that's you today, raise your hand. That'd be great. That'd be good. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Well, that means we're all here as missionaries we're all here as missionaries we go out this week and we reach somebody we do or don't know and make them known to Jesus God bless you have a great week see you on Sunday come prepared love you